With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, July 16th, middle of July. The heat is hot. It got hot again here in New York City. So uh, I hope that you guys are staying cool. This weather is insane. Mark, friend of a friend, kids were out in um, California, but like wanted to do, you know, Moab, had to come home. It was so hot. Isn't that crazy? No, like it was 125 degrees or something. It was nuts. I can't wait to go to Las Vegas. Just kidding. I am the only idiot who has to go to Las Vegas in July. Although I hear that the hotels are getting booked up. So maybe I'm not the only idiot. Okay, um, let's get to your questions because that's what we do here. Send us your questions, your financial questions to askjill at jillonmoney.com. Askjill at jillonmoney.com. This is a question from Sam. And this is, hi, Jill. You recently answered a listener question about how to fire a financial advisor. The listener was looking to move to a robo-advisor. I've been considering doing the same thing as I really don't feel like I'm getting, nor do I need, the financial planning advice. I do have a nice 40-page financial plan (laughs) Uh, with lots of data and investment management. Not sure it's worth all the cost. Okay. When I move my assets to this current firm, there were investments they didn't sell due to the gains and the tax implications. Hmm, that's interesting. They weren't funds that the firm traditionally uses, but they were close enough they left them as is. That's a very good point. If I move to a robo-advisor, I'm guessing it won't be as flexible and they'll sell everything I have and reinvest in their formulas, and that could result in a big tax bill. Nearly 70% of my $700,000 account is gains at this point. Oh, brother, we also have IRAs, but I don't think those count from a gains perspective. They don't. So that's true. Does it still make sense to switch to a robo-advisor? And if so, is there a way to lessen the tax hit that could be due? Thanks so much. My eight-year-old and I listen daily on the way to daycare, and it results in great conversations about money concepts. Sam. Well, Sam, I think that actually brings up a great point. One of the beautiful aspects of having a financial advisor in your life, whether you like that plan or not, 
is certainly the idea that you're getting customized advice with tax implications as well. So I think there's a couple of options. One is, you know, you could go first, you could sort of take an interim step. You could go to somebody who would charge you hourly and give you a way for you to manage your own money. Maybe that's really what you 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 should be doing. Maybe you should be keeping a portion of this money um, and you should be making sure that you don't incur that tax liability. And then the rest of it, you could put into a robo or you couldn't. You know, that's really the, the, the good case for having someone in your life who will help manage the tax consequences. We also got an email from um, Linda who was contacting one of these hybrid model um, advisors. And Linda said, you know, she was impressed by the personal and friendly conversation. Um, she said, I was a little startled about their eagerness to immediately get their yearly fee of $2,200. So what's interesting about that, to me at least, is that, you know, look, if you're going to get advice, it's going to cost money. So if you have an annual fee then and they want it up front, then that might be something that's a deal breaker to you. But, you know, I'm going to tell you something. If you guys want advice, okay, and in this case, Linda has a $2 million portfolio. So frankly, if you have that kind of money, I think a yearly fee of 2200 bucks is not that expensive. But... You know, Linda said she woke up the next morning. She had second thoughts. She said, forget it. I don't want to do that, whatever. Linda, in her case, says, I've done well over the years managing my own finances. She's got a $2 million portfolio. It's mostly rental real estate and a Roth IRA worth 750 grand. She says, and I've handled it extremely well. You know what? Then you don't need an advisor and you don't need to do anything. I think that many of these places are going to ask for the money up front. And she says that left a sour taste in her mouth. I understand that. I totally understand that. In which case, I think you made the right decision, Linda. And, and Sam, I think that you may need to think about whether you can swallow the idea of paying for something upfront or paying by the hour to get you to the right outcome. In Sam's case, if you've got a huge tax liability and you want to take some money off the table, you're going to pay a tax hit. And maybe it's good to take the tax hit. Maybe you should actually take the tax hit today while your capital gains rate is 20% before it moves to something else. So we don't know a lot about you, but I do think it's important to try to get a perspective. All right. Uh, Yolanda inherited a non-spousal IRA, um, and she says, it's going to be distributed throughout my lifetime. Depends when the person died, actually, because if this person died, when did that go into effect? In 2020, then you've got to take it out in within 10 years of death. But if it's before that, then you won't have to. Okay. But let's presume that this is an inherited non-spousal IRA that will be a lifetime. I don't need the yearly distributions for current lifestyle. I would like to balance uh, reinvesting some and spending some. I keep hearing about withdrawal rates that should keep your principal intact. I'm required to take the distributions. At what percentage of the IRA balance should I consider reinvesting these distributions? It's $800,000. The distribution is about 20 grand a year. It's going to increase over my lifetime until the IRA is fully distributed in my 80s. Hmm. Okay. My husband is 45, earns 75 grand a year, will retire with a pension, and he's also socking money into a Roth IRA, but not yet maxing out. I'm 40 and I earn $50,000 a year. I have an employer-sponsored retirement plan, the balance of $100,000. I recently started contributing 10% 
My employer now contributes 8% and I'm new to a Roth IRA and I'm now maxing out. That's great. Debt, total of 250,000, all connected to real estate. Okay. Primary residence, $250,000, $140,000 mortgage balance. Refinance to 30-year loan at two and a quarter. Two rental properties, blah, blah, blah. We have a college student who goes to state school. Tuition is covered by tuition uh, program through my job. Wow. We cover fees, books, travel, room, and board. That's amazing. Just about 10 grand a year. Three years left in the college plan. Here's what I think. You know, it's interesting. I'm looking at, let's look at your tax brackets for a second. So he makes 75, she makes 50, right? And he's putting, she's putting in, I think, pre-tax to her employer. But let's, so with 50 and 75, let's look at the tax brackets. So you know what I think? I think they should take more money out of this IRA. And here's why. They're in about the 22% tax bracket right now. I would take more money out of this because there's a lot of money in it and you're going to have a pension. You're going to have retirement funds. I would take more money out and pay the tax at the 24% tax bracket. That bracket starts at 172.751, goes up to about 330,000. They only have to take 20 grand out. How much should we take out, Mark? What do you think? Right. I was thinking, what do you think about taking a hundred grand out? This is what I'm thinking. Take a hundred grand out instead of the 20. They take a hundred. They have to pay tax on it. They don't tell me uh, she's in Pennsylvania. Is there state income tax there? Yes, there is. So let's say out of the hundred, they net, net, probably 65. Okay. That 65 will be used to max out both of their retirement accounts as well as her Roth and his Roth. Okay. Now that's done. And the other thing this does is it helps build up their non-retirement assets because they don't have a lot. I would take out a hundred grand. That's what I would do. And you know, you don't have to do more than that, but I think that that'll give you, if you do that for the next few years, I think you're going to be a heck of a lot happier. And I think that you're going to max out and, you know, unless tax brackets change, I think it's great because you're at the highest, you know, your highest tax on this income would be 24%. I don't know why you, you don't have to worry about getting your money out in your 80s. Who knows what tax rates are going to be? We know what they are now. And we know that getting that money out today is probably better. So that's my thoughts. Mark, any different opinion on this? Yeah, enjoy it, Mark says. That's right. Good point. Very, very good point. Uh, okay. Let's see. Here's another inheritance question from a questioner named Jill. Hello, Jill. My question is regarding an inherited 401k retirement account from my mother. Her spouse was the primary beneficiary in which he is now honoring her wishes to divide it between himself and Jill and her sister. Okay. So it's been transferred into his name and he wants to withdraw, quote, our share minus taxes over two years to lower his taxes and income, which will prevent his Medicare costs from rising. My question is, is the money still counted as inheritance when I receive it from my stepfather? Are there any tax issues on my part that I should be aware of? My share is $110,000. Taking it as a lump sum of approximately fifty to 60000 would put me into the next tax bracket if it is counted as income. 
part of me just wants this to be done with and move on because waiting two years to receive the inheritance is a gamble and it requires a lot of trust that frankly, there is not on my part. My sister and I are listed as his beneficiaries. Of course, that could change at any point. All right. So let's talk about the trust thing first. The trust thing first argues that who gives a crap? Just get the money. The tax issue is his tax issue. But I want to say something about this because he's going to take the distribution from the plan. He's going to pay taxes right now. The contract is in his name. The tax hit comes to him. He's going to keep enough money set aside to pay the taxes, but then he's going to gift you money. And so that is a gift. And that would be a tax hit to you. What I think you should be doing is talking to an attorney and talking about how are you going to limit the tax hit? because there would be a gift tax applicable to that. The one thing that could actually argue for doing this is if you have a spouse or if you have kids and he could take the 50 or $60,000 and say 15, 15, 15, 15, you know, like, and divvy it up that way. But otherwise he's going to have to file a gift tax return. So he should talk to a lawyer before he starts, you know, mucking around with this. Okay. And finally, David is 59. And he says, I want to retire when I'm 62. My wife is 63. She's already retired. We've got no debt. We've got a million dollars in various IRA accounts, plus my employer 401k. We've got 20 grand in cash, 25,000 in online savings account, $40,000 in an HSA, health savings account. Our house is paid for. It's worth $350,000. I contribute 15% to my employer 401k. I max out my HSA contributions. Our expected annual spending at retirement will be about $5,500 to $6,000 per month. The great unknown is healthcare premiums if I retire at 62. Oh, I've researched some options. I wanted your thoughts or recommendations on this subject. Thanks for all you do. It's a great show, David. Let me just say, this is the argument for continuing to work till you're 65 right here. Um, because when you start researching this, I don't have great resources. I, I know people who do this. There are people who sell insurance, go and look for health insurance for you, but it's expensive. So what you could do is you could look at the Affordable Care Act and you can see, but it's real money. You know, it's going to cost 10 grand a year, easy, maybe more. If you work three more years, right? What happens is your wife, you, so you're covered for three years. And at that time, your wife will qualify for Medicare. So now we're only talking about one person. So you can go and look at the exchange and see what's available. You would be able to use the money from the health savings account to actually pay for that premium, but it's expensive. So every year you wait to retire where you are covered by health insurance will inure to your benefit. I'm so sorry because there's not a great intermediary plan, but it is why so many people continue to work. Mark, this is the question. Remember when all those folks were um, offered buyouts at CBS? It was a slow drip of people walking into the studio when we had a physical studio asking us to look at their numbers. And almost every person who was offered an early retirement, we had the same conclusion, which is if you keep working, the it's really just worth it, not just for the salary, but because the cost of health insurance. And the health insurance is usually pretty good. This is something that you really want to prepare for and you should really, Mark makes a great point. He says, you need some cash. You really need some cash. The most important thing that you can do is have a little extra money on hand and have, you know, be able to do this really, truly. 
Uh, all right. That is it for the program. Uh, we want to thank you so much for listening. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Telercio is our executive producer. We're distributed by Cadence 13. And if you have any questions, send a, send them along. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Or if you're on our website, jillonmoney.com, hit the contact button. While you're there, you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can subscribe to our sister podcast, Ion Money. And we always ask if you wouldn't mind to leave a rating or a review because Mark says it helps. Again, I don't know why. He just says that it does. Please try to do something nice for someone else today. Maybe it just is a smile. You don't have to wear your mask if you're vaccinated. Aren't you lucky? Grit, growth, grace, little gratitude on the side. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.